I'll invite you to turn to the sermon insert. The text will also be displayed on the screen. We're walking through Jeremiah right now, and one of the things, just permit a brief comment, one of the things that Jeremiah is doing is it's demolition work, um, it's gardening work, it's uprooting and planting, it's tearing down and rebuilding, and you'll see how Jeremiah does that. We'll see that during the, during the sermon this morning. Jeremiah chapter 7. This is the, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and there proclaim this message. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Reform your ways and your actions and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place in the land I gave your ancestors forever. But look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you have not known, and, and then come and stand before me in this house, which bears my name, and say, we are safe, safe to do all these detestable things. Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? But I've been watching, declares the Lord. Go now to the place in Shiloh where I first made a dwelling for my name and, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. While you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again, but you did not listen. I called you, but, but you did not answer. Therefore, what I did to Shiloh, I will now do to the house that bears my name, the temple you trust in, the place I gave to you and your ancestors, I will thrust you from my presence just as I did to all your fellow Israelites, the people of Ephraim. This is the word of God. Thanks. Be to God. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we come here to hear you, to be forgiven by you, to be comforted by you, to be shaped and to be formed by you, and then to be sent by you. Lord God, let the words of my mouth today serve that purpose, that these words that I speak and those words that your people hear, that it all would be pleasing in your sight, God. You alone are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but music is my safe place. It, it always has been. I'm not that great of a musician, but I've always liked to kind of get away to a piano and plunk something out or to kind of diddle on a, on a guitar. Or my, my thing when I was a kid, when I was scared or overwhelmed or I just needed like a little bit of pump me up, I'd get, I'd get under my little fort and I'd jam out to Amy Grant, uh, Angels Watching Over Me. I'll spare you the rendition. And if you don't know the song, it's a great, it's a scriptural song. It's a story song. It's really cool. Um, that's why I liked it so much. Um, I jam out to all kinds of different things. If you walk into my home, I've got music playing. Um, if you walk into my office, I've got music playing. Lately, I've been listening to Flame, a Lutheran rap artist. I'm really good Lutheran. I'm also a pretty good rapper, although I don't know rap that well. But it, it, it just kind of depends. I'll probably this week, I'll listen to some Irish music. Right? It, it, music's just part of, of who I am. It's something I enjoy. It's, it's my safe place. 
Um, and, and I don't know what it is for you, the safe place to which you run. I don't know what it is. We, we, but we all go to places, right? It might be a location. Maybe it's that chair with that mug. Uh, maybe it's that blanket on your couch. Maybe it's a certain song, a certain music. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's I just need to withdraw to a hike or a mountain or a campsite. We all have these places that are safe, these safe places that we go, to which we go. And the question I want to ask with you this morning, and this comes out of the text, is, and here's the first feeling if you're taking notes, is the church a safe place? We're talking, thinking about Patrick today, maybe not so much. Do you, if you go all the way back to the fourth century, since we're doing history today, fourth century, that was, that was when in the church, the sanctuary became a thing that you could cry and be safe. So if you're a criminal, a murderer, a thief, you'd run to the church and cry sanctuary. It's not just, it's not just the hunchback of Notre Dame where that happens. Like that was a thing you could flee to the church and you could cry sanctuary and the authorities, they wouldn't come in and pull you out because you were in a safe place, a sanctuary. And, and we could say the same as a church. What are we, Mount Lebanon, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to make a safe place. We're trying to make this place where we gather. I'm talking about the building, the location, the people, the environment. We're trying, everything we're trying to do here is to make this a safe place uh, where, where, we, where, where somebody can walk in the back door and say, this is a place where I maybe don't know anybody here yet, but I want to, and, and I feel like I can walk through these doors and there's a, there's a hand opening to me and a place for me to sit. We were thinking carefully about music and all those kinds of things in church because we want it to be a safe place, a safe place for God to meet with his, where God's people can meet with God and where God's people can meet with each other. And you know that that's what God's always wanted, Right? Even, even before God gave the people in, of Israel the tabernacle or the temple, God always wanted his people to meet with him and it was to be safe. Think from with, me, with me for just a moment about, about Bible history. When God showed up to Moses in the burning bush, did God show up to destroy him or to speak to him? Speak. Right? When God showed up in the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud to the people of Israel in the wilderness, right? it, it, he was there to lead them, to guide them, and also to protect them. Was God a safe place? Absolutely. And when God came down on Mount Sinai and the thunder and the cloud and, and the lightning, was, did God come there to destroy his people or to speak to his people? Speak, right? Is, so does God want to be a safe place for his people? Yes. But also No. Because what did he tell Moses on the burning bush? Take off your shoes, Moses. You're standing on holy ground. And, and, when God came, and, and, and God was a protector to Israel, but what was he to the Egyptians? A destroyer. And when God spoke in the mountain, what did God say? Don't get too close. If you touch the mountain, you're going to. So it's got to say, is, does God want to be safe? Yes, but also No. And it's the same kind of thing when you get to the, eight, the days of the tabernacle and the temple when God's people met with God. Did God want that to be a safe place where his people could meet with him, to be forgiven by him, to speak to him? Yes. But what did God also do? He designed that tabernacle, he designed that holy place and said, you can't get too close or you'll die. Right? Was, God, did God, was God's church to be a safe place? Yes. Yes. 
but also no. God is not to be trifled with. And that's why it's surprising when we look at Jeremiah chapter 7, that's why it's surprising that the people of Israel treated God a little, I'll, I'll use the word flippantly. And I don't mean the way that they dressed. I, I don't mean that the way that they acted in church. I don't imagine that when the Israelites came to the temple, Sabbath after Sabbath, festival after Sabbath, festival, I don't imagine when you read this section, I don't imagine that the people were just kind of showing up and just being ridiculous. I think they came and they had their suits. If they were wearing suits, they had their suits buttoned up. They, they were wearing whatever they were supposed to be wearing. They were preparing the way they were supposed to be preparing it wasn't how they acted in church or dressed for church that was the problem. It was, what, it was what was happening outside of the church that was the problem. Did, did you catch it in Jeremiah chapter 7? God's getting after his people and he's telling them to do good, to reform your ways because they were murdering, they were stealing, they were committing adultery, they were worshiping all kinds of false gods. They, were, they, were, they weren't taking care of the widow, the orphan, or the poor. They weren't necessarily always doing justice. And then they would show up at church and say, we're safe. Sanctuary. You see the problem? The people were showing up at church and dressing up real nice and doing all the things they were supposed to do in church. But outside, they were living a different sort of life. And see, this is what God, did you hear what God said to his people? Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you have not known and then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name and say, we're safe, safe to do all these detestable things. Has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. I think I need to help you think about this phrase, den of robbers, just a little bit. See, as long as I can remember when somebody has taught me about den of robbers, it always has to do with selling merchandise at the back of church. And I'm not just trying to defend selling merchandise after church. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Back in the, as long as I can remember, if you're selling stuff in church, you're making church a den of robbers. Right? That whenever anybody interprets Matthew 21, or oftentimes, not whenever, I should, I should avoid always and always statements. But oftentimes when we talk about the den of robbers in Matthew 21, when Jesus is tossing tables and whipping people out of the temple, it has to do with, with church becoming a place of capitalism and merchandise and people taking advantage of people. And, I, and, I, and I'm not saying that wasn't happening in that day. But I'm also saying I don't think that's what Jesus meant. And I also don't, and, I, but I, and I'm more sure that that's not what Jeremiah meant. See, when Jeremiah called the church that it had become a den of robbers, he was not talking about what was happening inside of church. He was talking about what was happening outside of church. Maybe if I use a different word for den, you'll understand. It was a hideout for robbers. So in other words, what, there, what, what was happening in Jeremiah's day, what was happening pr probably in Jesus' day is, is that they were going out there and doing all this other, this scandalous stuff that was the mobster lifestyle. And then they'd show up for service on Sunday, sit in the front pew, pretend everything's good. We're safe, sanctuary. You see the problem? 
the problem is that church, it, church is supposed to be a safe place. But it's not supposed to be a safe place for us to stay in our sins. We cannot come in here. We cannot come to this place and lay our heads on our gospel pillow and say, I can do whatever I want. I can't help it. I can live the life that I want to live out there. I've got Jesus. It's okay. That's not the way that God calls us to live. And I, again, I'm not going to go down the litany of things that you might be doing out there. I'll simply say this. You cannot live that way out there and come in here and say we're safe. Because then what you've done is made this a hangout for robbers, for scandalous, for scandals and thieves, for bandits. And in that case, church is not a safe place. It's not the place that God designed it to be. It's not a place to hide out and be safe in your sins. Because you're never safe in your sins. So there's the first one. This is not a, safe, this is not a place to be secure and safe in your sins. I think you're starting to get a sense for what God's doing. I, I said as I introduced this reading that Jeremiah is a demolition man. He's tearing down walls. And, and what's the wall? If, if this is the first thing, the first sentence I want you to get in your mind, that church is not a place to be safe and secure in your sins, then what are the walls? Pride, hypocrisy, pretending everything is okay, kind of having your pet little sins. Like, it's okay. We got to knock those walls down. And what is God doing instead? He's knocking down the walls for the den and building up walls for a house of prayer. Isn't that what Jesus said? Right? You've, you've made this place that's supposed to be a house of prayer. You've made it in to be a den of robbers. And what does God want it to be? He wants it to be a house of prayer. So here's the second sentence. Right? This is a, this is a place to be set free from your sins. See, please don't misunderstand me when I say that we can't come in here with our sins and be safe. I don't mean you shouldn't come in here with your sins. I mean that you should come in here with your sins and let Jesus forgive you for them and let Jesus set you free from them. I, I want you to come in here not like the mobster who sins all week and, and, and then pretends everything is okay. I want you to come in here like the woman caught in adultery at Jesus' feet. Looking to him for mercy. And then I want you to go with the words of Jesus ringing in your ears, I don't condemn you either. I want you to come in here like the tax collector. You remember that story? I'll have to tell you a little bit of it. Remember the story of the tax collector and the, and the Pharisee. The Pharisee's God, look at me sitting in the front pew after a week of not such a great life. And the tax collector's in the back just beating himself, his breast. He can't even look up. He's probably behind a pillar hiding. And he's just simply saying, God, have mercy on me. I want you to come in here like that. Because that's when this place becomes a house of prayer. When we're coming to God with our sin, with our guilt, with, with our shame, where, where we're laying it before him and saying, God, I shouldn't have, I'm sorry, forgive me, and then God does. 
So if you haven't heard this yet today, please hear it now. In the name of Jesus and by the power of His blood, I forgive you all of your sins, all of them. In His holy name, His blood has covered and cleansed you and set you free from all of your sins. It doesn't matter what it is. You are dead to that sin and that sin is dead to you. It's gone from you as far as the east is from the west. This is the place we come to be set free from sins. In other words, number three, this is a place for the weak, not for the strong. This is a place for the weak. If, if you think that you're okay, if you want to remain in your sins, fine. But this is not the place for you then. I want it to be the place for you though. But if you come in here saying, I really want to get rid of this inside of me. I'm sorry, Lord, I know it's not the person you want me to be. I really want to get rid of this sin in my life. Lord, I, I want to quit it. I, I want to kick the pet sin that it is and cast it out of my yard. But Lord, I've been trying and it's hard. I can't. It's, I need you. Let me tell you this. God's spirit is yours. And that spirit, his spirit lives in you to give you, what did Psalm 51 say? Create in me a new heart, O God, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Do not cast your spirit from me. Right? You have God's Spirit. If you're hearing your voice, I'm promising you, God's promising you, if you're hearing what I'm saying, God's Spirit is coming to you right now. He's living inside of you, working powerfully in every part of you to say no to sin and to, to say yes to righteousness. So is church a safe place? <laughs> yes. A thousand times yes. It's a place for us to come, sinners that we are, to lay them before the throne and watch the blood of the Lamb watch, wash them away. It's the place where, it's one of the places where God pours out His Spirit on us and then sends us into the world as His Spirit-powered people. This is a safe place. Keep coming back. Amen? Amen. Now the God of peace grant you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you. Amen.